Let's pray. Oh God, You are worthy. You are worthy of honor and devotion. You're worthy of us laying our lives down before You and saying, do with us as You will. And what can we do to honor You, oh God? You're worthy. Oh God, speak to us from Your Word. Convict us. Encourage us. Oh God, let us know that You are the living God. And reveal to us your nature and your characters we dive in. Because you are worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You can open your Bibles to Second Thessalonians chapter two. I'm, we're going to look into Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Uh, he, he basically, he wrote the letter to a group of people who were wondering about the return of Jesus and has it happened already? Did we miss it? Or what, you know, tell us more about that. And, and the people that were sitting on the sidelines, they weren't getting in the game. They were, they just thought, well, maybe we'll just kind of wait it out and, uh, and, and hope that we haven't missed anything and that we'll be in when it happens. Um, so it, it's a it's a letter that could be written to us. Here we are, we're a church in Mandarin, and you know. So think of this as a letter that that Paul wrote to us here, maybe a second Mandarinians that we're reading from. And and Paul, do we have the uh, the, the slides? Thank you. And Paul, in this passage, you know, that we're reading from, starting in chapter 2, verse 13, says, As for us, you know, and Paul is writing, there are folks there with him who are faithful. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, who are loved by the Lord. You know, and imagine Paul is writing that to you. And in the middle of the letter, he just has to stop and, and say, and, and just, just remind all of us Mandarinians, you know what? God loves you. I let that sink in for a second. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you're going through. But maybe maybe this is what you need to hear today. God loves you. Wow. And and he reminds these Mandarinians. It says, you know what we do too? We're so grateful to be in this with you. We we thank God that we're together in this. The God of the universe watches over us, and He is good, isn't He? And He loves us. He says, "He says we are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation." Now, if you kind of remember your history, Acts 17 is where where Paul is on a missionary trip, and it's early on, early days of of what's going on, and people have 
who have never heard about Jesus. Paul's going and telling them about Jesus and what happened and, and who he is. And he goes to a place called Thessalonica and, and starts telling them there about Jesus. Goes to the synagogue and, and it doesn't go well. I mean, there's some who believe. There's a small number who believe. But, but there are uh, more that go to the, the city leaders and like, these folks are messing everything up. You know, they're, they're impacting our business and all that. And, and you know... Paul and, and those with him start to, they're persecuted and people are after him. And he has to sneak away in the middle of the night. And in the middle of the night, they have to find a way to get him outside the walls so he can go on and, and uh, not be caught there. Um, salvation has a lot to do with that. Salvation is, it, it talks about rescue. And when we talk about that you have a salvation and that you've experienced this salvation, you've been rescued. You've been delivered from, from things that were out to get you. And that's for you, Mandarinians. You've been rescued. You've been delivered. You've experienced this. You've been delivered from... Not having a choice in your life on what it's built on. Now you have a choice. You've been delivered from the, the empty way of living that's been handed down to you by, by those that have come before you. And anybody, we're coming up on a season, a, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I don't know about you, my family. We were always getting together Thanksgiving and Christmas. Anybody else do that? Anybody else grow up in a family and, and you ended up, there were things that you always did and as, as a kid or a teenager, not that teenagers ever do this, but you'd roll your eyes like, oh, I can't believe we have to do that. Those things that, that you know, and these are the traditions, but it doesn't give you life, you know? Oh, I can't believe we've got to go and she's going to pinch it. Oh, you know, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just me, right? No? Okay. There, there are traditions that aren't life-giving. And, and Paul's like, hey, you have a salvation that is life-giving. You have a salvation that, that all the things that your family may not have known, oh, now you know. You've entered into something new. Oh, we're so thankful that you have this, Mandarinians. Uh, when you were rescued and, and you became a child of God, a follower of Jesus, um, it, things changed. You're, you're redeemed. You're saved from loneliness. If you're lonely, you don't have to be. You're, you're saved from hopelessness. You're, you're saved from a lack of understanding of who God is and what He wants, even in your own life. There are a lot of things that, that you're delivered from, like, like Paul was delivered that night. And, and, and when you were saved, it came through, you know, two means. And, and, and Paul outlines what happens. He says, this salvation that came to you came first through the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's some, some things you have a a choice on and some things you can do for yourself, but this you can't do from yourself. There are things that God has done on your behalf and in you and for you that you can't do on your own. 
No matter how hard you try, without the things that God has done for you, you cannot come and know Him. But you, you Mandarinians, the Holy Spirit has come upon you to, to do those things that you can't do. To give you a nature that on your own you can never have. Anybody in here figured out the secret to being holy? It doesn't come from you. You do not have the power. You don't have the power to live a life that, that makes God smile. God has that power to work in you and bring forth those things in you that bring joy to him and life to you. This part is not something that happened because of your choice. But there is a part. You, you also came to this salvation through your belief in the truth. That's your choice. Do you believe or not? Have you received and welcomed and said, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out on this that, that God really has made a way for me to come to him through Jesus. I don't understand it. It doesn't make much sense. Why would God say somebody has to die? I don't know the answers to those questions. But I'm just going to try it. I'm, if I want to know who God is, I'm, I'm going to look at Jesus. He's the very image of the living God. If you want to know what God's like, you look at Jesus. And that's your choice on whether or not you do that, whether or not you accept that. But this is where salvation comes from. It comes from that choice to say, okay, I'm going to step out in it. I'm, I, I want to know God. I want to know who He is and what His will is and if He's real and all that. And I hear that the only way to do that is by following Jesus and believing and trusting that somehow He's the one that's made the way. And that's your choice. And then the Holy Spirit takes it from there. The Holy Spirit is what works in, in us to bring change about and bring new life within us when we're willing to say, okay, and you step out in it. He called you to salvation. But who's the He? The Holy Spirit. He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Mandarinians, I, 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 don't, I don't know how you heard, those of you who do believe, I don't know how you heard, but you could not have come into a relationship with God unless somebody told you. For the Thessalonians, it was Paul. Paul's the one that went there and said, have I got some news for you? Down the road, there's Jesus. God sent him. He was God in the flesh and however that works. And he decided to submit himself and go to the cross and, and, and pay and cover all those things that keep us from God, all of our sins. And God showed that it was right because three days later he, he rose from the dead. We know it's true. A lot of people saw him. You had to hear that from somebody. You don't get that just by going into meditation sitting under a tree. That doesn't come to you. It's news. Somebody had to tell you. And I don't know if you're a believer. Somebody told you that. You read it somewhere. You heard it from somebody. Your, your Sunday school teacher when you were this big said it. Your mama, your daddy. Somebody told you this. 
Because that's the only way to know. You have to hear it. And, and, and frankly, I'm, I'm convinced that when you actually hear it, when, when you start processing that in a way that it, it, it makes sense, it, 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 all the pieces come together, that's your moment of salvation. Everything from then on out is, is walking it out. You know, confessing that, wow, I, I don't know how, but something's there. I, I heard about that, and it's like, wow, that Jesus has got, and okay, I, I'm in, and, and, and my life has been different ever since. But by hearing it, and so many people haven't heard it, but by hearing it, something changes in you. You receive it. You accept it. You didn't do it, you know, but you just made a choice like, okay, I, 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 wow, I'm willing to accept that. And then things just, things are different. That's your part and God's part, right? Uh, some of you may be sitting in this room. And you don't know that, that you bought it. In fact, some of you would say to me this morning, I don't believe this. I am not a Christian. It just doesn't make sense. And, and uh, that, uh, that might, you might have very good reasons for that. One of those reasons might be that the only Jesus you've ever heard about, the only God that you've ever heard about is Sunday school Jesus. You know, it's, it's felt board Jesus. Anybody know what a felt board is nowadays? Anybody under 45 know what a felt board is? Yeah. And, and I want to just recognize, let's just be honest amongst ourselves. Sometimes the Jesus that you have heard about, the God that you have heard about as a child or the God that you heard about as a teenager isn't a big enough God what you heard isn't big enough for your adult-sized challenges, your teenager-sized challenges. You have not yet heard the whole of the story. And I just want to challenge you to listen. I want to challenge you to dive in. And don't be limited by Sunday school understandings of Jesus, as good as they are, they're not complete, are they? Are they? They're not complete. If all I knew, <laughs> and you know, yeah, I see the other side of it. Yeah, but I'll, if you only have faith like a child and all that, I get it. I get it. But, but there are adult-sized problems that Sunday school Jesus just doesn't know how to deal with. You know what I mean? You may not yet have heard a gospel that is worthy of your belief. But I, I, I tell you, it's there. It's true. Um, I, I love this. C.S. Lewis kind of approached this uh, in a book that you may or may not have read called Prince Caspian. It comes out of the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, one of the characters sees Aslan, and without telling you all about who Aslan is... Aslan just appears to be so much bigger. Aslan's the, the God character in the book. And, and uh, this, this little girl goes up to, to this big lion who seems so much bigger and says, Aslan, says Lucy, you're bigger. And Aslan talks in this book. 
And, and he says, that's because you're older, little one, answered he. And she says, it's, it's not because you are. He says, I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. And I think C.S. Lewis is talking straight to those of us who haven't heard a gospel about a God who is truly big enough to meet you where you are. And if God has not grown in your estimation recently, then you have not grown. But no matter how big your problems get, no matter how big your understanding of God gets, God is big. God will continue to be revealed to you as bigger. He never changes, but we don't always see how big he is. And if your understanding of who God is has not grown from the time you were little and kept on growing through where you are now, I encourage you, take another look. I hope that's a, a clear point. Some folks need to hear a grown-up gospel. And if that's you, he is. These, these are, are things that are worth hearing, they're worth believing in, they're worth being faithful to. Paul goes on. He says, now because we told you the good news, because you heard it and received it, and because the, the Holy Spirit has worked in you, now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you recognize Jesus for who he is, he is worth your worship. And you can join in to that wholeheartedly. Let me tell you what, if you are not finding yourself Wanting to worship God because of who he is and how big he is. Take another look. Find out who he is. When you see who he is, you will want to join in glorifying him. Paul goes on. He says, with all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. And keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, both in person, because I, I was there, and by letter. Stand firm on these things. Paul has to encourage them to stand firm because it's easy to fade away. If there's a, a natural momentum that, that, that builds that if you're... If you're just sitting on the sideline, you end up getting pushed to the back. It's, it's like being in the ocean. You ever been in the ocean in a rip current? Not where, you know, but you're still on your feet, but the water's just pushing against you. You ever been there? Where if you pick up your feet, you're going to be pushed out toward the open sea? Stand firm. Because momentum will take you away from God. You get busy. One, one of the biggest problems that we have is our distractions. We have so many distractions. This, this is starting to become something that keeps people from God in ways that we aren't recognizing. Right? 
all the time that goes here, all the distraction that comes from it, we can't stay away from it. All the time that we might otherwise spend in conversation or contemplation or thinking about things or asking God questions or seeking after who he is and all that. We're, you know, wow, I made a new level. You know, oh, look at her picture of that cat. That's cute. I do, too. I get it. But you have to stand firm. You have to keep a strong grip on things because momentum is something that wants to sweep you away. And it will if you're not standing firm. It'll take you to places you don't want to go. And you'll look up and realize, wow, I used to love God more than I do. I used to love to worship. I used to... Take a quiet time. I used to. But if you don't stand firm intentionally, you'll just you'll find yourself being swept into other places. So stand firm, Mandarinians. He continues, Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope May this God comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. God, the real God, Jesus, He he is present in our lives in such a way that every action that you take is something that He is standing ready to bless, to encourage, to strengthen, if it's worth it. You know, because we have a choice. Good actions, bad actions, blessings, curses. We have a choice, don't we? But God is so present in our lives that every good thing you do and say, He is not only aware of, but standing ready to bless and make come, make happen in your life. To, to, to strengthen you, to do things in you. And it was the response of the choices that you make. He is that present. He loves us. He, he encourages us. That's another word for comfort there. God, in, God is so present in your life to encourage you, to encourage me, to give us hope. And again, hope isn't just, oh, I wish. Hope is an assurance. God is so ready to give you that. He is so present in our lives. If you don't sense these things, oh, take another look at this salvation that you've gotten and who you've gotten it from. It goes on. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you, pray for us. I mean, we've been praying for you. Would you pray for us? You know, that's, that's a role that we have, isn't it? Mandarinians, we're supposed to be praying for each other. We, we all need it, don't we? <laughs> I know I do. We all need it. We need to be praying for each other. We need the prayers for us. They matter. And, and Paul says, pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes. Just as it came to you. Um, our, our business when we do come to know Jesus is to introduce others to him. That's what we do. You're, you're called ambassadors. 
Mandarinians, you are ambassadors. You have been sent here to this place at this time by the living God and commissioned and given authority to be ones that go out to interact with a world that doesn't know him so that they might come to know him. That's what you do. You are an ambassador. No, I used to be an ambassador, but now I'm a little tired. No, you're still an ambassador. You don't retire from this. You're people who reconcile other people to God. You've been given that ministry. That's who you are. You're, you are lights in the darkness. There's more hopelessness in this country now than there has ever been. Evidenced by there's more depression than there's ever been. There are more suicides than there have ever been. You are lights in, in the darkness. You have news that they need to hear. You are, are equipped as the ambassadors with the ministry to bring them back. That's who you are. You haven't hired me to do that on your behalf. That's who you are. You've been entrusted with that message and that ministry. Everybody in this room knows people who do not know Jesus. You might be sitting down with some of them on a Thursday in a couple of weeks. Thanksgiving, you, that, that may be who you know who doesn't know Jesus. It may be your neighbor. It may be your friend. It may be the people in your class, the folks at work. I don't know who it is. But you know people that don't know Jesus. And if you're not the ambassador to them, who is? Who is? If God is strengthening you for something... Might it be that? What can you do to help them here? Pray. Love. Go. Share what you know. Share this gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. It's the most famous verse there is, isn't it? Boy, that's good news. Paul keeps on. Pray too that we'll be rescued from wicked and even evil people. Because not everyone's a believer. Don't we know that? Yeah, there are people out there. Don't have your good in mind. We'll get upset if you dare to talk about religion with, with them or in a public place. That's their problem. Pray that we'll be delivered. Pray that you'll be delivered. Pray that each of us will be delivered at times like that. If everybody really knew Jesus, this world would be a different place, wouldn't it? How are they going to know? Right? You and me. It doesn't matter who else out there has been given the task. It doesn't matter that Billy Graham was anointed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You and I are the answer to somebody's unspoken prayer. 
God has loved us in spite of ourselves. He has vulnerably offered himself to us in Jesus. That may be some motivation to share what you know. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to be able to explain the dinosaurs. But if you know the love of God, you, you have news to share about how you came to know it. Wait a second. I don't know how we went to this, but if you can get us back. Uh, the next verse is, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Paul is assuring us Mandarinians that God truly is faithful. We probably don't have any idea what God has protected us from to this point. If we did, our jaws would probably drop open and we'd be scared to, to go outside of the doors. But God is faithful. And we are confident in the Lord that you Mandarinians are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. You have it within you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of two things. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of two things. One, the love of God. We really want you Mandarinians to understand the love of God and to express the love of God. Uh, uh, your love for him, his love for you. It's really when this was written, the emphasis in the language is on your love for him. We want you to express that. We want you to understand what it is to love God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? Do what I said. We want you to understand. We want you to express it. We want you to live into it. Uh, he, he's going to lead you in ways to do things that will bring a smile to your face and to his. He said, we also want you to understand and express the patient endurance that comes from Christ. Because it's going to take it. Right? You know the people that we're talking about. That may be why we haven't talked about them, even though we have every Thanksgiving with them. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of endurance. Somebody had it with us, though, right? But we want you to know the love of God. We want you to know that patience, endurance. We want you to walk in those things. And that's our charge as believers in Jesus. To be patient like Jesus was. And the trials that he faced. And uh, to love God as we're called to because of all he's done for us. This is the gospel. This is who we are. We have a letter to the second Mandarinians that say it. Amen? Let's pray. Oh God, give us an understanding and an expression of our love for you and the patient endurance of Jesus. And may it be in everything we do and say and bring a smile to your face and thank you for our great salvation. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.